Well, hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Free the Geek. And in this week's episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with my good mate and former workmate, colleague, Daryl Ware from Brisbane, which is in Queensland in Australia, if you're not familiar with my part of the world. It was as these episodes, I guess, have become over the course of time a wonderful, rolling, meandering, enriching conversational experience. How's that for a series of multisyllabic words strung together off the top of my head? Uh, we talked about so many things, such as kind of, well, I guess centered around the fact of our experience in Brisbane and Daryl filling me in on what it's been like in the 15 years that I've been living in Europe. Um, so if you're not really from Brisbane, haven't worked there, don't plan to go there uh, and live there, that is, uh, you may not get as much value out of this sort of directly, but it's still an excellent episode to get into. We talked about the, the changing tech landscape in Brisbane, sort of what it was back in the day when we worked together to how it's grown over time. We talked about different languages, mostly C-based languages. He called me out when I referred to C++ as C++. I swear back at uni, that's what it was commonly called, or at least commonly enough. He just laughed at me and said, no, it's not. But anyway, uh, Daryl said that Brisbane was a PHP town, but it's now mainly moving to Go. That is, if you're not in enterprise stuff, where you probably use a lot of Java still, which shows that nothing stays the same. We talked about a lot of different languages and sort of the experiences and the experiences more generally with them, such as Python transitioning from version 2 to 3. Perl, I think, was version 6, which I'm sure for a time almost created the language in its, its sort of massive market share that it had. The tech's very transitory. What it's sort of like to be in tech and keep up with it and how much time you can often have to invest in that. And I guess whether you keep doing that, whether you say, look, this is what I'm going to learn now. I'm, I'm tired of, of sort of constantly having to learn so much, or whether ultimately you decide to walk away at some point. And, and just so many other things. And a word or, or a term, I guess, that really caught my interest, which is corporate agile fall. Listen out for that. Otherwise, oh, and my other favorite, which was business buzzword bingo. Oh, those are the days. Anyway, who knows? I may end up at another role in Brisbane where I sit there quietly, what would you say, snickering, snickering, laughing, uh, chuckling, chuckling to myself as the more business-esque people play business buzzword bingo. If you want, I'll have a link to all this stuff and so, so, so much more in the show notes. Uh, it's a great episode. I really, really love this one. I had been look, have been looking forward to sitting down with Daryl for such a long period of time. The man's a legend. And now, it's over to the episode. Cue the intro music. If you want to learn the essentials of developing and deploying applications with Docker Compose, 
especially if you've been struggling to figure out what you need to know while Googling, searching Stack Overflow, and various other forums, then you'll love Deploy with Docker Compose. It's a free book and course that teaches you the essentials of building images and deployment configurations, tagging images, and pushing them to remote container registries, how to debug applications running inside containers, how to debug containers when they don't work as expected, and how to deploy your application to a production environment or any other environment using Docker Compose. Now, it doesn't cover every possible Docker command, nor does it go absolutely super duper deep in depth about anything that you could know. It just covers the essentials that you need to know so that you can deploy your first application with confidence. And you also get a host of supporting information, tips, tricks, and pointers to help you out when you get stuck. Check it out today at deploywithdockercompose.com. Anyway, so where were yeah. we? you were saying? Offer to oh yeah, because well, um, yeah, the uh, the the market um, here is um, you know as Brisbane was always a big PHP town, um, mm. especially because you know there's a lot of gambling and stuff here, and they, all those places are all big PHP shops. Mm. Uh, and what we're seeing at the moment is um, there's a transition happening where a lot of the places that deal in money, uh, gambling, you know, payment uh, payment processes, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, they're all moving to Go. So mm-hmm. as they're kind of going through this process of moving from kind of, you know, the good old LAMP stack, which a lot of them were, to Go-based microservice, you know, microservice-based mm-hmm. architecture, they're choosing to go with Go. Um, okay. And I mean, what I think, I mean, you probably, you can probably comment on this better than me, but what I'm seeing is this real regionalization now where different areas and different people I talk to, um, these different stacks are seeming to become more prevalent based on what industries are local to them. So, yeah, here there is in in Brizzy, there's a lot of gambling, there's a lot of payment processes and all those kind of accretion ones that hang around that. Um, and because it's all financial stuff and whatnot, people do seem to be, you know, they want the type safeness, they want, you know, that sort of thing that, you know, maybe um, Node and whatnot is a bit more, not saying obviously that you can't accomplish that using Node or, you know, other other languages, but, um, you know, I think it's just, it's pretty, it, it's a safe choice, you know, and a lot of PHP yeah. guys seem to like the transition to go, I'm, I'm seeing, uh- so... Okay. Yeah, now, yeah. I, I think like on, on multiple points, there's... Sorry to interrupt, you, you were saying. No, 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 dude. I will waffle all day, all <laughs> night, if you don't interrupt, so... Um, like, speaking for myself, like, I'm still... I'd still call myself transitioning to Go, though I can I can use yeah. it. I, I, I yeah. still have to get into, like, channels and stuff like that. But, like, on one hand, um, it's kind of really different. Um, and so it takes like a bit of, I, I feel like a bit of a mental shift, but I guess any language mm. is, if you depending on how long you're used to using it, then yep. anything else is going to take you a little bit of time. But the thing that I can, I think I'm finding the more I get into Go is I like it because it's kind of flat. 
it's yeah like like kind of php progressively implemented more and more and more of that sort of oop model where you know like not saying anything's right or wrong just saying that it yeah yeah no it, it is it is an objective fact it is absolutely true that it's it's more gone down that um uh, route of you know heavy OO. It's um, mm. it's all the pseudo all the pseudo functional stuff that people seem to be getting mm. to out of the JavaScript land seems to be migrating across because I think maybe it's this a lot of the same sort of people or the same sort of you know usage cases or whatever it, whatever it is the case. Mm. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I totally agree that when you look at the two, they are they are polar opposites in, yeah. in the but, philosophy behind them. Yeah, mm. like one is like a like a very Java C. Like you're very declarative in you're saying this is public, private, or whatever. This is an interface. This is you know you've got all of those keywords, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But at times, I kind of feel that there's a lot of weight in doing some of these things or how things seem to be done. Though it works really well, like it you, for like increasing type safety and so forth. There seems to be like mm -hmm. a lot to do to get something running, whereas something like Go is sort of I just have this struct here and I run that there. And it's just, it is, it seems to be like so much less effort to do something. Um, yeah. And I realize that's not the most technical of answers, but it works for me right now. And it, it, like Go can be a very enjoyable language for that, I guess that simplicity. One thing I really do like is that you can achieve a lot of the same things that I'm noticing in Go as in any other language, but you don't have to be kind of explicit. It's like when, you know, you're writing a tutorial or you're giving a speech, you don't, you can bludgeon someone over the head with something or you yep, can kind of yep. imply or infer based on context mm -hmm. kind of thing. And in one of those was, yep. was it in go like a class, sorry, class, a, a, an object is of a type if it implements like a method of that type. So it's yeah. like, well, yes, it is one of those because it implements this with the same signature. You don't have to say implements this da 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 da. And yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that, that's something that comes up. A, a lot of people do talk about that. And to, to be honest, like I'm not, I'm not a Go person. Like I haven't. Mm -hmm. I'm only very. I've only just started playing with it because the the place where I'm working at the moment is going through that same exact same yep. transition. Where uh, it's all um, our current projects at Lampstack. Um, you know, it's all um, uh, Azure um, app services, MySQL mm -hmm. databases, Redis, you know, that real classic kind of PHP stack that you expect to yeah. see. Um, but, um, you know, as time goes by, there was a lot of pressure internally to sort of move to a more microservice-based model and that sort of thing, which is, you know, absolutely, you know, it's absolutely the way forward for any project that has to scale, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, you know, I, I can talk all day about um, the the ups and downs and the, and the positives and negatives to going to a microservice-based architecture, mm -hmm. especially if you don't have the team size and the tooling to to, to, to support it, to debug yep. it, to do all the tracing. And, you know, the, the extra complexity that kind of is, seems to be inherent in that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the, I think the old monolith in a lot of in a lot of instances does still have a lot of validity as an actual valid way of building something, mm. um, even though it's not you know it's not cool to say that, and a lot of people kind of sneer at it. Mm. You know, it, if you're pragmatic about things, um, you know, in a lot of instances, it sometimes is easier just to build a thing. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's it's easy it's easy. You know, it's well known. You can hire anybody off the street can deal with it. 
like you know from a from a actual you know running a team kind of perspective um there's just a lot of times when a sort of monolith is much easier but yeah i mean obviously as a as a product scaling globally you know there's this pressure to you know sort of go to to microservices and we we mm-hmm. did think that you know um we could we could build php microservices there's nothing yeah. wrong with that um but i mean Obviously, you know, different companies as as companies have preferences. Like we gen- we tend to be C sharp Java internally mm-hmm. and a bit of Node, uh, but you know, Go is starting to come to the mix, so it is something that we had as an option. Um, and um, I think you know the cloud providers particularly, I think, um, dissuade people from using PHP because I okay. think it's you know it's it's it's. I think more and more it's getting siloed into um, the agency kind of side of the of town. You know what I mean? Like I still see a lot of work yeah. going for that sort of thing. Yeah. But you know those big cloud scaled projects. You know I don't think there's a lot of um, I don't think there's a lot of support behind the language to keep it in that kind of sphere. Mm-hmm. So more and more it seems to be you know um, even though. I think you can build a perfectly good product in pretty much any of the major mm. web stacks these days and do a good job. It's more about, you know, implementation architecture, uh, the quality of the team building it. Mm. Um, you know, obviously everything has its positive and negatives, but um, yeah, you know, I think there just seems to be a lot of pressure to move away from PHP and move to something else. And then looking around just the town we're in, what's mm-hmm. prevalent, you know, in other businesses doing the same thing as us in our area. So who can we, what, you know, um, what people can we hire? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And a lot, when you're building a project that's supposed to last a period of time, you've got a budget and all that sort of stuff. You know, these are the other kind of, you know, the other things that you're supposed mm-hmm. to be thinking about when you're thinking about a project It's not just about the technical side of things. You mm-hmm. know, do I like, you know, do I like type safety? So I do I like this. It, it's, you know, who the hell can I hire? You know, mm-hmm. um, can I find people who can use this at a, at a, at a price that I can afford, especially yeah. now in this climate, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I was saying, you know, we're, we're seeing money at the moment for, you know, we're getting offered roles um, that with no go experience, you know, mm-hmm. people are offering me 40 grand more than what I'm on now. You know what I mean? Like for, just because they need people, they need experienced engineers. So yep. you know, obviously you have to look at the whole, the totality of the project, you know, and go. Okay. And I think Go definitely it offered the best chance for us to acquire engineers, to mm-hmm. build something that scales and something which is internally blessed, you know, because um, I'm working for a large <laughs> American corporation at the moment. Uh, and, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you kind of, at some level, you you can choose your own stack, but there mm-hmm. are still blessed and and more you know officially sanctioned kind of choices. Okay. I guess started looking through a number of points that you were just covering there. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I living. Um, I I guess I am a little biased towards PHP. Perhaps that's an understatement, mm. but not ever in any kind of fanboy way i got over those sort of attitudes. Tribe, the tribalism dies i think at some point in most people you know I when you're so. when you're young and yeah you know, I, I i don't think it's a good trait in most mm. engineers i'm sure it's a passion about what you do mm. you know and a passion for what you love and obviously when you there's a certain amount of sunk cost in the things that you've yeah. chosen to spend time and that on so i can understand that but yeah i think uh, yeah obviously as you grow into your craft there should be that maturity to kind of 
say, you know, this is the good things and those are the bad things. Mm. And, you know, this stack offers this and that's, and just be, you know, um, the, the correct tool for the correct. Yeah. Exactly. And none of this is, none of this is something that everybody doesn't already know, you know what I mean? But I think when you're young, you can tend to fall into those, you know, tabs mm. and spaces arguments and, you know, really, you know, <laughs> <laughs> However, we know which one of those is correct, right? <laughs> we do. We, everybody does. And, you know, it's not Emacs. Let's just put it that way. <sighs> Let's continue this podcast. This is great. You can stay now. Um, <laughs> I work with some wonderful people far, far better than me who love Emacs. And I guess everybody has their failings, right? You know, yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. But I mean, what? I'm sure Stormont's a lovely fella and all, but, you know. Could well be, um, <laughs> but on the, the point of PHP, like I had this, I guess, and, and a number of the people I still talk to are heavily still either contributors to it or users of it, and so mm-hmm. you, there will be an inherent amount of bias. Though to Absolutely. be fair, they're usually quite open-minded to say, "Look, I don't only just use that; I use a number of things." But one, I guess, two things trying to bring it down to two, or as few as possible, seem to come up. Well, one one's kind of, I guess, made of two parts. One is that PHP had been around for so long. And I think despite, or perhaps in spite of the fact that it was never designed as a programming language, it was openly, like I sat in a talk by the creator in Prague years ago, where he still said adamantly, I never, this was not ever designed as a programming language. I wrote, this was like a templating language because I was writing in C and that's where we would do the real work. And we would just do this to kind of speed up a few little bits and then make some designers happy as they found out about it. But then it just kind Mm -hmm. of grew. And then we created a templating language in my templating language. And yeah, whereas then I think it, it still gets a whole stack of flack for that versus something like Python, uh, Ruby, Java. I'm a bit out on that one which were yeah. they were more designed specifically as a programming language from the get-go and i don't know it, it there were the usual inconsistencies in the functions and so forth i don't remember off the top of my head if really that is just a carryover from the underlying c functions that it calls to mm-hmm. so perhaps should you give flag to c in that respect but c always still seems to get like a godlike like um reverence yeah. Um, so, there I think is, there's a certain there's hmm? certain amount of snobbery that goes along with it as well, where it's yes. a community thing, where it was accessible. It was something where you know people did make a lot of poor copy and paste code of it, and that sort of thing. You know, what I mean, hmm. like it was something. And when something's accessible, and something hmm. is you know a, an every man's tool, hmm. it does get looked down upon by a lot of people who are. You know, um, you know who, who obviously consider themselves above that sort of thing and whatnot. But I, I definitely, it, it does have all the all the hallmarks of organic growth, really, doesn't it? But I mean, even Python used to be the the opposite of that, didn't it? It was like you know, Guido came out and he delivered from the mountain high this mm. this amazing thing that was consistent and it was lovely. And then Python, you know, Python three happened, yeah, and all <laughs> of a sudden. Yeah, you know, everybody's like, I used to love Python. Then that, that yes. thing happened and the libraries didn't work. And all of a sudden it was a massive pain in everybody's ass. And even though yeah. like I understand it's such a it's it's a gargantuan on, on the landscape at the moment. Mm. Um 
it now, you know, um, I was just recently, I was, um, my previous role was as a consultant. And as a part of that, I, I had to deal with just all sorts of muck that would come across my desk. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody drops this this Python thing in front of me, and I wasn't coding. I was I was a, I was purely a consultant. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, and he's uh, he's like, uh, which pack which package manager you like to use? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what do you, <laughs> you know? Mean, I'm like, like, yeah, like I thought, but he's like, oh no, Python's got many because I hadn't I hadn't coded in Python for years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of petered out at the end of Python 2 and I, I just never had a business reason. There was nothing in my mm-hmm. work landscape that you know made me code in Python 3. Yep. He's like, oh, you can use this or that or something else. So somebody can correct me. I'm probably talking at my ass here. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, the point I'm getting to, I think, in a meandering kind of way is that it started so clean, but then as it matures, that organic growth starts is even creeping into it. You know, what I mean, and the same as like you talk about Java. You know, C sharp was the was the in my mind the clean version of Java. You know, the, they yeah. looked at the things that you know that kind of just in time compiling and all that sort of mm. nice stuff that you had with Java. But by the point when C sharp had come around, Java had been gotten a bit. You know, it had been around a while and it was a bit, you know, a bit stinky or whatever. Um, <laughs> so they've come out with this beautiful clean thing. It's like this mm-hmm. is C sharp. It's amazing. Now look at it now, you know, um, you know, they feel the need to just continuously release stuff and add new stuff to the language, which is great. But then it turns into sprawl, which is, and you see a lot of this, this discussion going on in the, in the Go community now, which I mean, I'm only just starting to touch my little toe into it, mm-hmm. but um, people talking about what should we add to the language? What should we not add to the language? You know, mm. keeping it is is keeping it as stripped back as possible the way that we should be moving forward. Yeah. You know, to to stop that, you know, this the inevitable, you know, feature creep that gets into every language where they add, you know, all of a sudden it's got the kitchen sink and then something else. And then it turns mm. into this, you know, sprawling, sprawling mass you know and it's just the next language which has become a bloated you know uh, morass well generics were like i don't follow really any language community too deeply mainly because i've got two kids (laughs) and there's only so much you can dedicate so i kind of you know like hear a bit of this hear a bit of that like the usual language language name weekly newsletters is like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's going on. And then mm-hmm. have some lists on Twitter to kind of just get the, give me the, like the short summary and I'll just keep on doing the things that I have to do every day. Um, and unlike some friends, I need to sleep more than four hours a day, but that's a whole nother discussion. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember with, yeah, a lot of that discussion with Go and one was, I think it was generics. Some people said, we really, really need it. You, you need it for bigger projects or enterprise, et cetera, et cetera. Others said, no, 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 no. The whole philosophy of the language was small. And technically speaking, do you need it? Like this kind of segueing slightly into a, a talk that Bob Martin gave on comparing C to C double plus or C plus plus, whichever the right pronunciation is. Um, I'm not. You're the first person I've ever heard say C double plus. So I, I reckon, swear, I reckon I C plus uni. plus. C++, that's the right one. I'll just edit that in post-prod. Um, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that never happened. <laughs> it, that's right, never happened. Come on, yeah. kids, we're moving on. Um, and he, like, I'm not a guru in those languages. Um, mm. 
But he, like the people talking about, oh, you, you need C++. There we go. Almost did it again. What's that? Did what again? Um, because you need it for like OOP. And so uh, Bob would mm-hmm. say, well, what exactly? Why do you need it? Oh, because you need that. He said, well, I can do that and see by this, this, and this. And then they would say, well, feature B. Well, I can do that. I said, okay, it's not formally in the language, but you still can do it. And it seemed to be a similar kind of discussion, if I remember correctly, about Go. People are saying, oh, but you need it. Some people are saying, well, technically, do you actually need it? Or is it there's a perception in your mind that certain kinds of apps, sorry, languages need to have these things, even if yeah. maybe they're not really used all that often? And two, can we do it anyway without formally having like a keyword or whatnot? Yeah, you need to, you, it needs it so I can implement the solution the way that I want to implement it. Probably that, yeah. yeah. It has to be yeah, that yeah, way yeah, because yeah. that's what I'm used to as opposed to yeah. you can do it. But I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are some, some instances where, you know, because X, Y, or Z thing doesn't <laughs> exist that, you know, maybe a less optimal solution has to be found. But in the grand scheme of things, is that a trade-off worth making? You know, the occasional clutch here and there to um, to overall have a better product. Mm. You know what I mean? So, is yeah. I think that's maybe where you were going with that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was more. I guess the, there are always those discussions around languages of unless you. But I think like anything, like languages are just a reflection of of everything else it's mm-hmm. unless you say this is it at this point in time and then we stop well then there'll always be someone who comes along and say well what about this if you had this i think it'd simplify my particular use case or yeah. this use case that i am familiar with or that we have at company organization x yeah, yeah and then enough people may say oh well yeah that seems like a valid thing to do enough people agree with you so you add and i yeah. think if you don't have, well, I don't know how you'd avoid it, but some kind of like guardian board or was it the benevolent dictator for life who really understands the vision, but is also maybe in mm-hmm. touch with the community who can guide, say, do we really need that? Yeah. It can be easy to, to just go off in any direction, like with JavaScript, which is a language that I'm loath to get back into, partly because my perception of the reputation is that there's always the new hotness coming out every other week. And how do you keep up with that? Like, was it like yarn gulp or that's probably like 20 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. ha yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, many, yeah. oh, we don't use that anymore. But it's like, but I just invested the last like month or something coming up to speed with this and you've already moved on. Mm-hmm. And speaking of package managers, that was one thing that a number of people, admittedly PHP, did say that they really liked about not PHP the language, but the community or the ecosystem in that there was one. So yeah. it, you would, at least in that respect, and it hasn't always been that way, but you would say, okay, well, instead of keeping on creating more and more and more of them and saying, but this one now implements the new features I wanted, then yeah. put it into that original one and fix that one as much yes. as practically possible. It is one of the great things about the PHP community, just to segue at the moment, like, mm. um, and it's one of the great things about the language um, is the fact that there's now a de facto, like when I'm hiring, I can put in a job um, a position description 
you need to know this, this, and this, you know, go to phptheRightWay.org or whatever that site is, you know, look at those things there. If you can do all that, because I can go to any PHP shop in this town and they're going to use Composer. They're going to use, you know, PSR mm. as a coding standard. Just there's all these things where um, there's obviously, you know, a small amount of, of um, this and that, but, you know, everybody's using Laravel. Like pretty much Laravel is PHP now, you know, around here. So really? yeah, you don't you don't see a lot of, if, if somebody's building something new, they're not using anything else. And every job position description says, do you know Laravel? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, just because it's, it is, it's become the de facto standard. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I don't know, I don't know what that's like, broadly speaking. And yeah, obviously there's still legacy projects and that sort of thing, but, um it is it's a great thing it makes it easy to hire as 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 an engineer it, it you know then that you're going to walk into any place and you're going to know how it works effectively i mean every mm. you know as every place does have its you know this is and that's but yeah um you can pretty much go i know how to use composer i know what packages you know are for to use for auth or you know how to connect mm. to a database or or whatever it is you know because everybody just does the same stuff. There's not a lot of, it's not like JavaScript where there's 45,000 different packages. And again, again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's one of the things I loved about Linux back in the day was like, mm. you know, if I wanted to um, create a desktop, you know, and use some wacky ass, you know, package that does, you know, this, that, or whatever, you can, you, you can, you can choose to do that. But mm. good luck hiring for that. You know what I mean? You know, like good find, like finding people that have got experience or I know people that have mm. got large projects that are written in Backbone and, you know, or, or whatever, you know, all these mm-hmm. ancient things, as you were saying, in JavaScript that are long forgotten. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's, it is one of the great things about PHP is that it's, it is so consistent now, which it wasn't before. And I think that is one of those things to hark back to an early point, which gave it such a bad reputation was it was a mess. Um, yeah, but it, these days it's, it's certainly not, it's certainly not a mess now. The, the trouble I think with it is like with many things, I, like a lot of these things that we're talking about, I feel are not related to programming languages. It's like, it's a human mm. thing to do is a friend of mine. When I worked at a job in the UK, um the I'll, I'll i'll be deliberately vague because the people aren't what's important it's the the underlying kind of philosophy was uh one of the people there left because he felt that um he had built up rightly or wrongly a perception about within the companies as to who he was and how he worked and he saw mm. flaws in that and attempted to say, well, I want to improve and, and do better now. You know, like you, you act in a certain way when you're younger, you learn mm-hmm. with time and you say, okay, maybe I did some stuff. Not saying he did, but silly. But now I want to, you know, you, you, you just hopefully get better over time. Yes. But the perception was that people just saw him as a certain way and he couldn't change. The only way he could change was to leave and yeah. come into a new organization and people would learn uh, who, well, kind of, but also, I did listen to uh, uh, one of your previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. It was either yourself or one of your guests actually made a very valid point about that. Like, often in tech, it is the easiest thing to do is basically pack your bat and ball up and go. If it, whether it's for more money or mm-hmm. to change your skills or whatever it is, often, and I find that's regrettable. You know that that often the easiest way to do it in this industry is just to to move. You know, to go find another job, new team, fresh start different stack, more money, whatever it is. 
as opposed to being able to stay in one place and grow with your team, grow with your product, you know, because um, I, I like that. You know, I, I want a stable team, you know, mm. I want to watch a project go from, you know, uh, from being, a, you know, an infant to a, you know, a mature product and sort of follow the whole life cycle. I, I enjoy that as opposed to, you know, legitimately other people prefer to just, you know, drop in, they'll do 6, 12, 18 months or whatever in mm-hmm. a place and then they're, they're bored, they're sick of looking at the same code, sick of looking at the same stack and, and they want to move on. It's whatever floats your boat, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I wish there was sometimes in this industry more opportunity to mm-hmm. be able to, but I'm sure I, I can guarantee you it's like that in any job. If you're like, if you're Barry, some guy working on a conveyor belt, putting sprockets into a box, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm sure you're sitting there thinking exactly the same thing. I wish I could, you know, without going to a different sprocket factory, you know, mm-hmm. be the foreman, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's, it's, is probably not unique to this industry, but I, I do find so. it regrettable. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I would like some more opportunity to be able to, you know, and, change, yeah. change without and, changing. Yeah. Unfortunately, in his case, that's what he felt was he needed to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I find that it's the same way with the language. Like, yes, it was hairy all those years ago. I'm not going to mm-hmm. pretend in any way otherwise that it wasn't. I remember days writing stuff going, yeah, that's just yeah, okay. We'll yeah. just we'll just carry on. Um, and it evolved over time, but I think unfortunately that perception perhaps became sort of so prevalent. It was just a byword of PHP it meant garbage, right mm-hmm. or wrongly. But then there was also the counter assumption that, well, if you wrote in anything else, it was fine. Oh no, PHP and JavaScript had that yeah. for quite a long time in any other mm-hmm. language. No, 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 that was good. But interestingly. I feel that it's just progressively evolved over the course of time. I do like the fact that you don't necessarily have to buy into these features. You can say, I just want it back pretty much as it was all those years ago, configure it, and it'll let mm-hmm. you do what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas others are more, this is how we do things. Rightly or wrongly, both have their pros and cons. Yeah. Um, and there was one other thing. Ah, yeah. And then on some of the the people I've been talking to on the podcast have shared experiences about working with other languages such as Java, such as Python, or the one that you shared as well. Um, And how I feel if you kind of hear these stories or kind of take all these things into account, I think, as you said earlier, you sort of appreciate every language can can have like sort of shining times can also kind of drop off and Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Because I do yeah. remember when there was Python 2 and it was everything was just the same. And then Python 3 came along and it was, uh, there was I think it was like, oh, it's too hard to migrate. I don't want to migrate. I'm really happy with what I've got. Yeah. That'd be a whole lot of effort. And I think Perl was rocking along until Perl, Perl 5. Perl 6. <laughs> was it Perl 6, well, was it? Whatever it's called now. They, they changed, I actually crashed. I had some reason to go back and we were making some jokes about it at work the other day because I followed mm-hmm. the Perl 6 thing because um I'd worked at an ISP back in the day where the management system was written in, in Perl 5. Mm-hmm. Um and the guys were Perl evangelists that were writing it. Um and they're like Perl 6, it's gonna be the it's gonna be it is going to be the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and it just took so long to come to market. I think people lost interest in it. It's just you know, and by the time it dropped, it seemed like a completely different language. So all the people I know that liked Perl, all the sysadmins and, and the dudes, you know, that were still kind of into it, um, 
they went, oh, I, I don't know what this is. You know, this is something yeah, really. so completely different. They didn't, uh-huh. like, I don't know any of them that moved on to Pearl 6. Yeah. Um, and then by then, I think, you know, they, they'd taken so long to come to market with it that Python and, had eaten its lunch, you know. All the sysadmins had started writing all their stuff in Python and it became mm-hmm. the language of of the of the uh, of the operating system and you know it kind of supplanted and that's at least my experience of it you know that it's um yeah it it had it had its moment in the sun and then it just you know something happened and yep. at, at one of those critical points of transition in the community or whatever it just lost its way took too long you know it missed mm-hmm. it missed its moment to sort of make one of those and then something else just happened along at the same time and, you know, mm-hmm. it took the attention and then, you know, a, a ecosystem built up around it. And all of a sudden, you know, I can't even remember what the, what they ended up calling Pearl 6 now. You know what I mean? Like, Is it like or something? Something, you know, what? and I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a great language and it's got a great community and all of mm-hmm. that, but, you know, yep. it just lost its mind share at, the, at, at, a, at a really critical point. But um, I reckon, you know, all of these, I'm not actually, I don't consider myself a programmer. Um, mm-hmm. If anybody asks, I always say that I'm a developer, you know, because okay. I'm, I'm just not interested in, I'm just not interested in pro- programming languages as a tool I use to build a product. You know, I want to I want to stand back and look at the church that I built, not sit there and look at the hammer that I used to build it, you know what I mean? And it's nice. nothing, you, you, you need, you need, you need those in-depth engineers because being a generalist, I don't have, the in-depth knowledge about specific areas of this and that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I think a good team, you definitely need those people who have that really rich knowledge about specific areas of the stack, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just not me, you know what I mean? So yeah. I just, I can't get that invested in languages because, you know, I enjoy them. I, and I like, I, like, I like a lot of the ideas and stuff. Like I en- enjoy playing with architecture. Mm-hmm. but it's just not something I can be that passionate about because at the end of the day, it's just something I use to do the thing that I actually want to do, which is make something, you know, to create. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's, 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 that's probably the motivation for a lot of software people. I think they're, you know, maybe um, confused artists or something, you know, it's that, 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 <laughs> that, yeah. that will to, to make and to create, mm-hmm. but um you know, I think people just have different ways of expressing it. And for me, it's like I've, I've always been very product focused, I think. Okay. Because at the end of the day, it's the people, it's the team, it's the product. You know, that's the longevity of the project. You know, mm-hmm. um, obviously how much technical debt you accrue along the way weighs heavily on the project. Mm-hmm. It can have security implications. There's a lot of other problems. But at the end of the day, if you've got a crap team, if you've got poor culture, if you make, you know, a, a lot of other, you know, poor decisions around the product and the business mm. you're going to fail long before the technical debt catches up with you um you know I, I i agree it's it's i after i guess after a lot of thought i'm i like developing things like or like mm. a solution to solve a, a problem or just something you're like I, I wonder how that works and i'll make something but it's not um I love language exactly. I have a preference for what I like to use, but I try to remember mm-hmm. uh, what a, a uni lecturer told me years ago because, you know, we were a lot younger back then, back in the day, 20 years yes. ago. I was, I was actually just laughing today when I thought about how long ago it was that I worked with you. And it was, 
It was a that long was, time ago. <laughs> that was 2009? Yeah, it was It was definitely well over 10 years ago. So A few more grey yeah. hairs. Behind here, it's a little bit more Gandalf the white than Gandalf the grey here at the front. Nice, nice. <laughs> we had this wonderful lecturer uh, who said, because I think he asked a question of like, well, you know, say you want to build this, how would you build it? And all mm -hmm. of us went straight into, well, I'd, I'd go on this kind of architecture or I'd grab this language or, and I just happened to look around at the time and saw this, this little smile just start to grow and grow and grow. And he just waited and he just let it go for a while. And then after all, I said, fellas, and I will say fellas, because there wasn't no, there wasn't a lady in the place. It, I was going to say tech in the early 2000s, like in Queensland. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a, a yeah there wasn't a huge female representation in the industry at the time. Yeah, but he just he just let us go, and then said, "Fellas, um, question: Are you building something, or are you saying how can I use my favorite toy of choice?" And it just it dropped like a clangor in the room, mm -hmm. and I just remembered it ever since. It's what are you like? What are you doing? Not how can I wedge in my preferences and kind of fit like 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 fit the problem around my desired solution um mm. and yeah and I, I agree with the point you make like after a while or perhaps right from the start the language shouldn't really or like getting into that level unless maybe you're doing like a stock exchange architecture or certain things which really do need a certain set of choices i guess yes um it is more about well who are the people that we have do they get along with each other or are they kind of is yeah, yeah, one yeah. pulling in one way and siloing in the other and, and all those questions and points that you raised rather mm -hmm. than isn't it great to kind of geek out for a while yeah, yeah and it is like i mean a conversation came up the other day around the officer and the, the the junior senior engineer and at what point because you know obviously with the skill shortage Mm -hmm. um, you're seeing positions going for senior engineers with smaller and smaller numbers of, of experience. Now it's like mm -hmm. you're a senior engineer after two to three years, you know, or three to five years or whatever mm -hmm. it is, instead of, you know, five to 10, you know, you know, uh, tech is very transitory, you know, mm -hmm. um, where I've worked for three companies sitting in the same seat before, you know, at, at a job early, back really? in the, back in the early two thousands. Yeah. Back in when it was cowboy, cowboy isp days you know and uh, you know pre-broadband and everybody was yeah. you know there was a, there was a huge market full of little players that were constantly mm -hmm. growing and going bankrupt and acquisitions and all that you know kind of really early internet days i guess um early internet days in australia i'm you know mm. a little bit behind the rest of the the, the globe after the malcolm turnbull brought the internet to australia yeah yeah that's right exactly <laughs> um but um yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, I just, it's it's funny how many products and places I've worked at that are solid, solid products, good ideas, mm -hmm. well-engineered, whatever, but for other reasons, you know, business reasons, your things just don't work out, you know what I mean? Like, you, usually it's acquisition, you know, you get acquired, people get taken, product gets shut down, you know, things happen. But actually, I'd, I'd like to segue, if, if we could. Um, uh -huh. Kind of ever so slightly, mainly kind yeah, of like yeah. to Brisbane specific aspects, because you, uh -huh. you said like was it right at the top that it was a Brisbane was still or at least wasn't the day like quite a heavily PHP focused town. I still it love was, the term yes. town. Even yeah, though, yeah, 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 yeah. It it's, has... it's 
about that. It's a city these days, but it still feels like a town. And it, it still has nice. two degrees of separation. Like you, as soon as still. you talk to somebody, you can always cross-reference somebody else you know, you jointly know through some other part of some network or something, you know. So you've always got to make sure yes. it's not a cousin when you meet them in a bar. That's all I've got to say. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I worked hard when I was at, uh, at well, then Virgin Blue. Because, yeah. my lordy, the, I think the people there were, this one knew someone over there, that one knew someone over there. So, oh, my lordy, I'm glad I didn't do myself a disservice back in those days. But <laughs> I'm just kind of curious, and this is more like for mm -hmm. someone who's actually, well, maybe moving there. I might be moving somewhere north, mm -hmm. just, just somewhere north. We'll just not yep. really cover that place yet. Uh, yep. If it ends up being that way, get into that. But, and then you were sort of talking about was it uh, salary offers and so forth. So what mm. is like what what's kind of like the lay of the land? I guess is the shortest way to ask it. Um, just from what I'm seeing, obviously, um, industries the industry is really dominated by recruiters at the moment. So mm. um, they're kind of gatekeeping a lot of the work. Uh, insofar as you don't see a lot of ads. Um, the mm. recruiters are, are hoovering up a lot of the work and then, okay. you know, they're using their own networks to, to disseminate the work. So it creates a bit of a slanted picture. So most of the job ads that you see are either companies who didn't want to spend the money on recruiters mm -hmm. um, or um, crap, just the, the, just the crap end of town where the recruiters oh. can't fill the roles and they're desperate. So they're advertising on, you know, on the, on the job boards and that sort All of right. thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, for if you're talking PHP specifically, um, there is still a lot of big legacy projects there. Yeah. Um, not a lot of the places where, not a lot of the big places, kind of where I'd want to be working doing the you know the bigger projects are starting new stuff in PHP because mm -hmm. um, it is you know everything is kind of going off picking picking uh picking another stack and going oh, yeah. microservice. -y. Okay. Um but there is still there's still plenty of work out there. It's pretty much all Laravel. Um which is, you know, that's it's in many ways it's the healthiest it's ever been insofar mm. as like, you know, the quality of the work that's coming out that you're seeing is really good. Okay. Um but just the language itself, it's like when you talk to other PHP people in Brisbane, mm the general feeling is it's dying like it is it's oh, right. it's it just not as a not as a language yeah but just in this town yep. the work's dying the, the meaning the meaningful work that you that as a senior engineer you want to be doing the bigger projects the more interesting things yes. people aren't doing that in php at the moment okay it, it's it's more it's definitely more go um if you're doing just a general kind of utility app something mm -hmm. it'll probably be node yeah this is just like this is the roughest thing and i'm sure a lot of people <laughs> just but just having been mm -hmm. like really engaged with the market in the last year or two um and if you're doing anything what's more technical related to money particularly mm. um it's going to be go um, and Java. The, the, sorry to cut in no 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 there's still a lot of enterprise stuff in java but yep. um the, nobody's building big um, nobody that I know of is starting large microservice-based projects outside of enterprise mm. in Java. Okay. Um, it's very much, it's very much all Node and Go. Um, mm. There still is, you know, enterprise still loves its Java and its C Sharp, mm. um, but it's a different, it's a different beast than the, yeah. the big, 
you know, um, then then the you know the other style of kind of outside of the, the more startup world yeah is doesn't want java um the place where i'm working now you know it's a big uh, it's a it's a um commercial real estate mm-hmm. um enterprise uh we've got our own facilities in in uh Gurugan and hyderabad um where um a lot of the a lot of our you know engineering cloud globally is positioned there mm-hmm. uh, and it's java it's like if you if you say when to write something in java they love you because it means they can immediately, they can deploy, you know, a lot of resources straight out of our facilities there to work in those stacks because mm-hmm. they're familiar with it. Uh, and we've got a lot of resourcing in that because there's a lot of legacy within the business in Java. Mm-hmm. Um, same with C Sharp, you know, because it's the language of Microsoft, you know, and it's it's just genuinely a good language. But um, outside of that, if you want to be outside of enterprise, if you know either of those two languages, either Node or or, or um or go mm-hmm. um node isn't like you know javascript if you know a javascript stack yeah. then you're well positioned but there is still plenty of php work going like okay. if you if you've got a decent resume mm. um and you chuck it to a recruiter you'll have work in no time and it's paying pretty like the pay is pretty equivalent like i mean pay php pay has always lagged behind yeah. a lot of other stacks in brisbane by you know mm. uh, you know 10% or so um or more. Yeah, but back in the day, it was it was it was oh, a vast. Okay. It was a gulf difference. Like yeah. I, I knew people that were doing Java that were getting paid twice what I was. You know, back in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, but these days, it's much it's much closer. Yeah. And um, the place I am now is primarily PHP. Well, the team I'm in is PHP, um, and I'm making average you know average money for a senior engineer in Brisbane. Okay. So. At the moment, there's no specific. If you if you if you shop around, but the problem is, is that more and more it's getting segregated into agency work, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, some people love agency work, mm-hmm. but I despise it, uh, and a majority of engineers I talk to do mm-hmm. uh, because you know it's just it's, a lot of it's you have to like you know an endless cavalcade of clients who want everything for nothing, and mm-hmm. you know you have to like WordPress. Um, which, you know, a lot of engineers don't. Um, I find it intolerable to work with. You know, I I, I, rep- I, I really appreciate what it did for the landscape. Um, you know, it's 30 or 40% of the internet by itself or whatever, you know. Um, it in itself is fantastic. It's built a lot of businesses. So you've got to respect it for that. But I just don't like working with it, you know. Um, or CMSs in general, you know, and it's, when you get down that agency end of the world, it's a lot of that writing WordPress plugins and that sort of thing, which, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they feed their families with it, but, um, Mm. you know, it's just not my bag. I'd rather be working on something else. You know, I like infrastructure and that sort of thing. So no harm in stating your preferences. um, yeah, no, and I think that's important, you know, and it's something it's a it's I've been doing a lot of kind of soul searching in the last year or two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was with the company I was with now, um, built a product up from nothing. It's very successful. Um, you know, I became principal engineer on the team, blah blah blah, and then I left to go to a startup, mm-hmm. uh, which immediately created like, as in it it I was told it had funding. Uh, the problem was they'd already spent it by the time I got there, uh-huh. so. Um, okay. what was to be an amazing thing turned into like a three month hiatus. Um, <laughs> so then I went off, I was, a, I was a consultant for a while to fill out the rest of the year. And I've just actually come back to my old team now, but, oh, okay. um, 
yeah, it's in that time I kind of got to think about what it was that you know, um, mm. yeah, how I saw the rest of my career going. Where do I want to do? Do I want to? Did I even want to stay as a program after twenty years? You know, it's a good being a programmer. Of- yeah, yeah. Well, it could be. It was. I was. Getting, it was very repetitive. What do you do? You pick mm-hmm. up. A, you go to stand up. You pick up a ticket. You spend your day writing it. Um, <laughs> you know, and then yeah, mm-hmm. you have to run the gauntlet of review, and then you know, eventually you ship it. And what is tomorrow? It's just doing the same Another thing again. One. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like after twenty years of that, mm-hmm. um, you you can't decide whether you want to do that anymore or not. But um, it was actually really good to take what was effectively a forced mm-hmm. hiatus um to go and do something else and what i discovered being a consultant is i actually really like being a programmer like i actually liked being a developer okay um so coming back and doing it again um it's it's a whole new lease of life just to have a break and then come back and just go you know what actually these are the things i really enjoy about it was it was a good time to actually do a bit of navel gazing and reflect on mm. what i loved about the job and what i've hated like i mean agile's good Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just, yeah, with air quotes, you know, agile, I generally find is more effective in producing a product. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, is like anything else, once bean counters get their teeth into something, um, in so many places, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've worked in these as well. Like most people, once you've been around a while where it just becomes a micromanaging back whipping tool for project managers and, you know, product people and stuff who need mm. stuff now and blah, 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 blah. And it just becomes a way of um, you haven't made any progress. Why haven't you made any progress? You must tell us. And, you know, you, you start talking to engineers who've got PTSD from going to stand up every morning and getting grilled about why, you know, um, because some scrum master wrote read a book and then they just, you know, <laughs> they, they can't do anything but apply the book word for word, you know. Um, mm. Thankfully, a lot of teams aren't like that, but, you know, yeah. a lot of the industry is like that. And that yeah. part of it, yeah. I find, you know, I find that pretty hard to bear. So maybe it's about finding a place that suits, you know, it's, you don't want to be lazy, but by True. the same token, you don't, you're not, you're not a machine and you don't want to be treated yeah. like one, you know, um, you're mm. not just, the, you're not just an asset to have value extracted from, for the man, yeah, you know, it's, it's soul destroying. And I mean, because yeah. I remember talking to engineers 10, 15 years ago mm-hmm. who could have gone and worked at one of the big um, um, contracting firms um, building, you know, software for the government and stuff, IBM, Incom, but these places, mm-hmm. yeah, they were paying a six-figure salary for a Java program straight out of uni where we, we were struggling by on PHP jobs for 60 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there was a huge gulf in the money that people were getting paid. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that so many people said was, I know a friend who works at IBM or whatever, and it's a it's a cubicle farm, um, the place where you and I work together, mm. all our all our yep. app team were all ex IBM guys, really, who yeah, would yeah. tell stories about you know you go there and it's a thin it's a wise terminal, uh, and you turn your wise terminal mm. on and it's got a copy of Eclipse and the Java manual, and you get a ticket which is like something that a UML charts you know crapped out that morning, oh, so God. you don't know what it is. You just get the inputs and the outputs, and you have to write it. Um, and then you got to print it out and take it to a meeting and everybody tears it apart and then you fix it. And then the next, and then the, when you log off, the, the terminal wipes it like you weren't even there. 
And the next day you just, you know, and people would just say like, I don't want to work in one of these places because it's soul destroying. Yeah. You turn up, you're just a number. You know, if you were to get hit by a bus, they'd just replace you with the next thing that taps on the keyboard. You know, and that was the great thing about working in these startups and the smaller places yeah. was, you know, you yeah, mattered. You were, you were, yep. you know, you were, um, you, you were Matt, you know, yeah. Matt's the guy who does the thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and to some level, you you know, nobody's irreplaceable, but to mm. some, pl- you know, you had value, real value to the business. Yeah. You added value to the business with what you did, the skills that you brought to the team. Uh, and, you know, and that's, it's tangible. But mm. I find that a lot of places that kind of, that the the way that agile is being implemented in a lot of places strips mm. that away, you know. Was, yeah, sorry. No, 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 that, that was the end of my thought process. Well, there was a discussion because I, I admit I have not sat down and read the books about it. I've kind of read around it. But it was someone, it was one of the people who was part of the, the, the group that actually wrote the Agile Manifesto mm-hmm. and said, no, 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 that's, it, it wasn't, it, it's not prescriptive. It's a philosophy. Yeah. It's not, yeah. and we will be, we, you, he said, you can't be agile. You can in your mind, like I'll have an ag- agile approach to things, but it's a mm-hmm. philosophy. And yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard of many, kind of or been on the periphery of many places who this, we, we are agile now, but then as is often the case, if it seems to work or it gets enough traction as a, as a term or a thing, everything has to be that way now. And oh, yeah. I was at a wonderful yep. company and they did it well. I think they were a nice mixture. I won't say who they are. They're a, they're a bank and an insurance company. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they were honestly the, the, the group of people I worked with were actually really good. And I think I feel they did it well, but there was, you could in the, what do we have every, two weeks or something on some kind of semi-regular rotation there was like the dev team that i was in and then there was the the bas and the project managers like everybody came in and sat together and everybody talked and it was done well but at one point i just used to print print out like the business buzzword bingo um oh, yeah, yeah, things whatever yeah, and yeah. i just sit there yeah. and just be like don't laugh don't laugh now don't laugh now because you know we would take discussions offline and we would oh yeah we've got a agile this and blah and you're like Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Matt, is there a problem? Yeah. No, 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 no. No problem here. Just, yeah. you kind of got used to just, I'm sorry, it was a late night with something that would kind of fob off or, you know, like the, like the, the whole, like desperately holding in the, the need to burst yeah. out laughing. It becomes um, corporate agile fall, as we like to call it. Corporate. It's like, like it's, yeah, it's because they went from waterfall to agile where, and mm-hmm. all it is, is, is waterfall with a thin veneer of agile varnish put over the top of its rigid. Yeah. Sounds because at fair. the end of the day, but it's not, once you've actually existed in, in that, world if you if you look at the driving forces behind it you can understand how it ends up like that because mm. you know they're not startups with like one dude named trav running the thing you know and you know everybody reports to the ceo because you know it's flat and all mm-hmm. there's not there's lines of bean counters and there's managers and there's you know there's layers lines of response yeah 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 that's it and there's many teams across time zones and there's all this other stuff so you can understand how the gravity of the organization ends up you Just know pulls you along yeah that's right and it's still not 
you know, it's still not pleasant when it ends up like that, but mm. you can, you can at least from the outside, you can look at it and go like, I can understand how it ends up like that, you mm. know, because it's, it's just the nature of the beast, I guess. And that those sorts of organizations, you know, um, I've worked as, as in a startup within enterprise, um, mm. which is, I mean, if you want corporate buzzwords, it's, it's one of those. Um, and that was great when mm. it was in the startup phase, but eventually when the product succeeded, you know, and then um, all of a sudden the business starts to, you know, it starts to uh, go, oh, well, you know, you haven't been complying with all these rules and all these reporting channels and all of these things. You know, we've been letting all this slide because, you know, you're in this state of flux, you know, yeah. but, you know, now that you're an established team, you need mm -hmm. to be doing all of this. So then all of a sudden, you know, the things we used to get away with, the rules we got away with bending, the things we got away, mm. we, the things we ignored to get the job done, all of a sudden you can't ignore them anymore, you know. There's consequences and, you know, it's just the mm. nature. And at that point, the, you know, I think the, the things change. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, yeah, yeah, that's right. But it's, again, it's like, you know, things things nothing, things don't ever stay, especially, you know, in tech, nothing stays the same for any period of time, you know, change is the nature of the beast. And I think, you know, it's, as your career goes along, you've got to be comfortable with that, unless you're one of those people who do just, you know, manage to find a hole to hide in and stay their whole career there, you know. Um, like working at a big bank or an insurance company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you're one of those people who sort of gets around a bit, I guess, you know, has a mm. few stops in their career, then, you know, you do find that change just change just follows you, you know, and and at some point you do need to just go, you know what, you know, this isn't me anymore, you know, mm. for whatever reason, I'm not happy here. And I've, I've found it easier as I've, as I've kind of matured as a practitioner, I guess, to, um, you know, to know and to be less emotional about it, to be able to, you know, sit back yeah. and go, you know, and as a part of my navel gazing, it was one of those things to say that, you know, it was it was these parts of the job that were bringing me down, you know. Mm. Um, so it's not the entire, you know, the entirety of being a software engineer, which is mm -hmm. a downer, you know, or, or I was over it. It was just, yeah. you know, it was maybe these parts of the agile process that were, you know, getting it, getting in my grill or, um, you know, it was um, stale, you know, I'd been working in the same stack for a long time, you know, and even when I'd changed jobs, I was still working in very similar tech stacks and whatnot, mm -hmm. with the feeling that the industry around me was changing. So it's that mm -hmm. point that knowing like at some point, you're going to be that old guy who ends up working at Bunnings. Because you left your you left the, your 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 transition from one step to the next too late, mm. uh, you know, yeah. and you know. So it's one of the being the enjoyable things about coming back to this team at a time when you know I've started doing more React and I've started being you know because as the world's moving along, you know, you mm -hmm. need to keep moving with it. Um, and I think it's important as a you know as a as an engineer to to make sure that. Um, yeah, you, you're giving yourself that time and that space to stand back and look at yourself and your career objectively and dispassionately and say, you know, where am I? Where am I going? Where's the industry going around me? You know, yeah. um, and do I want to try and blaze my own path or do I want to go with the flow or, you know, where yeah. or, you know, or is there an exit strategy? Because I, I know plenty of guys who aren't coding anymore. You know, they they did their 10 or their 20 years and they just had enough, you know. 
Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're selling used cars or something. You know what I mean? Like okay. they've just got sick of being on the treadmill, you know, they're every night trying to learn the next JavaScript framework and constantly being compared to somebody who's um, fresh into the industry who knows the latest stack mm. because it's the only stack they know. You know, and they know the latest solution because it's the only solution they know because they've only just, you know, they're very yeah, young in their, in their process, you know. Um, not, And that's not intended to be a slight against junior engineers or anything like that because, you know, eight, yeah. eight, it's not an age thing. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, it's um, to hark back to an earlier conversation, the difference between junior and senior engineers is, you know, in it, maybe it could be about the amount of solutions that you've got in your pocket you know what I mean? Um, as as opposed to being, you know, I'm going to implement this because it's the only way I know how to do it. Um, True. Yeah. A senior engineer somewhere was like, here's a selection of ways we could solution you know, this issue, yeah. you know. But, um, you know, to being compared to young engineers constantly and, you know, that there's a certain amount of ageism in the industry and stuff. Some people just get sick of it, you know. They... Mm. They don't want to be sleeping four hours a night. They don't want to stay on the treadmill. And then they find it too hard to transition to the next role or whatever, you know. Mm. Um, all of a sudden, your certification in Windows 2000 hasn't got any currency anymore, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No word of lie happened to a friend of mine. He was he was a guru that I looked up to when I first yeah. got in the industry. He knew everything about everything. And he now works as a metal fabricator because he got to the point where the stacks kept changing his you know he was a sysadmin or whatever you know his his role kept changing mm -hmm. and he got sick of changing you know he just mm -hmm. he wanted to go home and watch netflix and not be up all night worrying about recertifying and that sort of thing so he just at the end of the day he just ripped the eject handle and chose to do something else you know metal fabricating is not changing that quickly <laughs> he can just learn the skill yeah and he can just cruise and it sounds you know it's I don't want to know if it sounds lazy, but for some people, you know, it's more of an, it's too, takes too much of a toll on their personal lives and their mental health mm. to continuously, you know, have to feel that pressure to be can, yeah. up to date. I can tell yeah, as you said, with that. once you've got kids and stuff, you know, all of a sudden mm. you're having to make these decisions about what you're doing with your time, you know, um, but it's just the nature of the beast, I guess. I'm getting that, like we're down to six minutes, 20. Uh -huh. um, but usually I'd, I'd say like, this is where if you want to plug something, feel free. But I've if you want, we plug. can just sail it. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I've got nothing to plug at the moment. Well, I reckon in about 12 months when my team gets wrapped up, um, I'll probably be looking for a job. So at that point, I'll come back on your podcast and start yeah. panhandling for work. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. Sounds good. <laughs> and at that, um, that point, I'll have like a professional Zoom account where it just keeps going. Oh, uh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, that's a good idea. Crashing yeah. out. We'll get you some sponsors before then. Now, that sounds like a good idea. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Oh, but I, I will say, I, I, I totally, I've just got an itch to get this out, is I can relate to so many of this sentiment, sentiments that you just shared. Because when mm. I was at Virgin Blue, this isn't a reflection on Virgin Blue. I think it was more a reflection on, kind of on me that I felt I was creating just like another single page app or whatever, or another landing page sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt I had boxed myself into a certain um, box. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> boxed myself into a box, whatever. Hey. And I ended up. You at, should start a podcast. I think, I think I've got a future in. <laughs> With material like that. 
or a future in writing, I think, um, with such beautiful words. Um, anyway. Don't let me distract you from your thought. That's nah, all good. Um, so I end up at Suncorp, which was kind of a, like, a, do I still want to do this? Do I want to just randomly do mm -hmm. like a completely different stack to see? And so I'm kind of back. I, like I do uh, still do kind of PHP web dev stuff, though the stack just more organically just keeps growing these days because mm. it's more, yeah, I still do like doing it. I still do like code, not all the time. And I do not ever want to go back on that ticket treadmill of mm -hmm. feature and around and around that goes. So I think through a little bit of luck, a little bit of conscious choice, I feel I've found like a nice, happy kind of medium, but yeah, it, I can appreciate the need, desire to say, look, I'm, I've, I've put in my hard yards. It's not like I've just turned up 12 months ago. I've been here for like 15 years, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And this, and I've got now, like over the course of time, maybe you get older and a bit slower for want of a better word. You don't quite have that, oh, no, no, we can just burn like the candle at both ends. It's like, no, I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm not just yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to just look for something that's, if in your perception only, just slower, just it's at a pace that I'm comfortable with, whatever that yep. pace is. Yeah. And I think, and I think the industry is big enough now that there are, you can find places that suit whatever point in the career you're at. I think mm -hmm. it's just being able to, you know, reflect on that within yourself and then have a look around and see what opportunities are open to you based on your experience. Mm -hmm. um, what opportunities are open to you based on where you live? You know, the geographic mm -hmm. stuff plays a, a, big, a big part. You know, if you're in the Midwest of America or whatever, you know, your opportunity is going to be a lot different than if you're in the middle of Berlin, you know, mm -hmm. um, maybe, you know, um, even though it seems more and more of the industry is fleeing, you know, the, the traditional tech hubs in America and moving mm -hmm. kind of around the country. Um, but um, yeah, I think, you know, it's important that you do kind of appraise that and then not be scared to to look around and to find a place which suits the suits where you're at, you know. Um because yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with slowing down. Um if that's what you need to be able to uh, maintain some sort of you know healthy balance in your life, you know. Uh it's just about, I guess, not having the fear to. Yeah, you know, having the not not being paralyzed by the fear that you know something's gonna you won't be able to get more work or people you know what if I what if I change jobs and I hate it you know which is yeah. the, the classic you know what if the what if the grass grass is browner on the other side of the fence you know <laughs> it's not I have plenty of people like that that hate their jobs you know mm. it's not just tech you know they hate what they're doing mm -hmm. but for many reasons they're either you know through through um, being shackled by debt you know, or fear. There's there's so many things that, you know, stop people moving. But yeah. um, just for your own mental health, I think it's just so important for you to kind of go, you know what, if I need to find a place where I'm not on the treadmill, you know, mm -hmm. then just do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And from here, yeah. my humble little, I call it the Shire <laughs> here, just outside of Nuremberg. Yeah, no, I think you got to find your happy place at some point. Because <laughs> yeah. then you just do your thing, right? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, one minute fifteen. Um, no, the like for me, I don't. I, as I say, I think it's a, it was a bit of intention, choice, but also a bit mm -hmm. of luck. You go, this is a happy place, and there may be places 
elsewhere that are, that are better. But for right now, I'm yeah. pretty chill with this. Yeah, the overall what? balance of of everything it works for me. You've, you've had you've had a meander in Korea, um, you know, because we've been in contact for the last you know, I don't know decade or so. So mm-hmm. you know, I've kind of watched you wander through the, through your paths, and <laughs> you know, it's like, isn't it the overused quote about um, um, you know, success is the intersection of hard work and good luck? Mm. You know, and there's plenty of hardworking people who fail, and you know, plenty of lucky people who you know they they get the luck but then they don't capitalize on it mm. so you know maybe uh maybe that is it maybe the maybe the secrets to you know put some sweat in and then you know try and grasp the opportunities as they come past mm. and then make the most of them see what happens but thank you very much for having a session with me no it's it's a pleasure it's a pleasure to talk to you And that's a wrap for this episode. You can find more about anything you've heard in today's episode by going to freethegeek.fm. That's freethegeek.fm. If you've enjoyed the episode, I'd love it if you'd give it a rating on your podcast platform of choice. Alternatively, please leave a comment in the episode discussion. I'd love to know what you think, what you thought was good, what could do with a bit more work, etc, etc. Otherwise, I'll see you next time.